Shazam? My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Truth. Justice. The American way. I'm vengeance. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast. My name is Jordan. With me is Chris, and we're going to be diving into Blue Beetle, the film, and giving our reviews and takes on that. But uh, how are you today, Chris? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, I had some pizza after work. That's always good. I made the pizza myself. I've done that twice this week, which means I really need to go on a diet, but <laughs> like, like I, it's bad um my my clothes are fitting tighter than i want to it's like it's almost like i'm trying to tempt myself by being like extra fat so i can like get in that mode where i have to eat skinny man this isn't working so (laughs) diet's probably coming soon i can feel it um but i'm good you know yeah speaking of diet i i started a diet three weeks ago i've lost 12 and a half pounds so Weight Watchers through my work, uh, they, you know, made a great deal for us to like sign up as a team or whatever. So, uh, I did that four years ago, actually in 2019, I lost 40 pounds. I gained it back during, you know, COVID and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I understand how the, how the shirts feel a little tighter. You're, I, I was kind of at that point before I rejoined, I was actually at like the heaviest I've ever been. So I was like, time to get back to it so i stepped um, on a scale yeah. a couple of weeks ago and i said oh <laughs> oh i always love a little surprise so it, it's about time you know it's kind of like these big bo- box office movies you know you gotta gut the budget a little bit you know yeah <laughs> you got the you got the the tummy a little bit that's that's kind of what you gotta do but yeah, at least for this film, uh, it was a much smaller budget than movies like The Flash that they've been putting out. So uh, they were able to uh, they're going to make probably some money off of this at some point, which will be. Which will be nice. Uh, it looks like we'll talk about box office and stuff uh, later and cinema score and stuff after we give our thoughts on the movie. Uh, But we'll be talking Blue Beetle, the film. This was directed by Angel Manuel Soto, written by Gareth Dunnett Alcoker, and starring, of course, Sholo Maraduena, Adriana uh, Barraza, Damian Alcanzar, uh, Elpedia Carrillo, Bruna, sorry, uh, Marquezine, uh, Susan Sarandon, George Lopez... And uh, the music was by Bobby Krillick. I thought the score was very fun. Um, And it released on the 18th of August, 2023, and ran for two hours and seven minutes. Um, So I guess let's give our general thoughts and we can kind of dive into the plot and stuff uh, and what we like. Then we'll go like post credits and then we can talk box office and stuff. Uh, But Chris, your general thoughts on Blue Beetle. 
my general thoughts are I don't really care if it's successful or not. I don't really care if people liked it or not. I enjoyed it and I had fun with it and I'll probably watch it again while it's in theaters at some point. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie that played in its own sandbox, got me invested in the characters and I, I really thought the action was top notch. I, I could not believe that this was a movie made for what was then HBO Max because, I mean, this was a beautiful film. I think it, honestly, we had such a conversation about CGI with The Flash. I think the CGI in this film was fantastic. I, you would not have thought it was a TV a streaming movie. Like, it's just unbelievable and I know they made that shift pretty early on, but like that to, to theatrical, but you know, the stars of the sh stars of the show delivered, uh, the grandma cracked me up like crazy. She was hilarious. George Lopez was, I I've never found him funny, but he's, he was awesome in this. Very funny. Um, Zolo is an absolute star. He, he, he just rocked it. Um, he had such great charisma. I just, Overall, a great time. I thought it was fun. It was a little one note uh, with the villains. It was a little generic. I have some nitpicks. I have some complaints, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think there's a reason, and I think you can see it in this movie, why James Gunn says that Sholo Maraduena is the first like DCU character, right, as Jaime Reyes. It's because he is the standout of the movie. He steals, like... I, you can't really say steals the movie because it's his movie, but I mean, like his, uh, I've never watched Cobra Kai, so I'm not really familiar with him at all. So just coming into this and seeing how he uh, was, and he's like the perfect Jaime Reyes, I could see him as Jaime Reyes from, you know, we just read Graduation Day, right? And I feel like the characterization was pretty consistent between what we just read in graduation day and what we saw here, some of it kind of taking some of the same plots, right. Trying to get a job at court industries and um, graduating, even though in the, in the comic it was high school, but he comes back from graduating college, you know, immediately in the beginning of the movie. So I think he, uh, no, I think he played the role very well. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I, gave it like three and a half out of five stars, which I think is a good score. Um, which seems unfair that, cause I put flash at four and I don't know if I actually, like, I might actually like this better than the flash. I'm not really sure, but I, uh, you know, just seen it the one time we'll see. I'm not sure how often I'll revisit it. It's not like it, it didn't like hit it out of the park for me enough to be like, I'm going to watch this as soon as it hits streaming again, or I'm going to, you know, like it'll be something I do own. Cause I'd like to own all of these films, but I don't know, like if it's going to be one that I put in, uh, you know, a lot um, to, to watch, but I enjoyed the, the main thing is I enjoyed the characters, right? Like you said, the story can be a little generic. I think, Actually, some of it went on a little too long, like going to that extra island. I don't think we need it to do that. Um, but, you know, that padded out some of the runtime and, and stuff like that. But um, otherwise, I thought it was, you know, just like I said, a lot of fun. I, the effects were great. I can't believe this was going to be a Max original, in all honesty, because they spent $110 million on it, which $104 million, sorry 
which is, uh, you know, a lot lower than most of the films. I think it's higher than Shazam 1. But the effects look great. I couldn't imagine this just being a, a straight-to-streaming movie, honestly. Um, I think it does deserve the theatrical stuff. And, and like we said before, even if it doesn't make a lot of money, this is more money than they were going to make. This movie mm-hmm. wasn't going to drive HBO Max subscriptions. Right, like this wasn't ever gonna be something that people are like, I gotta sign up and keep my subscription, which is the important part on how mm. they make money, because I need to watch Blue Beetle thirty five times. No, put it in theaters, let people go see it, and then, you know what? You're gonna put it on streaming afterwards anyway, so it might still drive people to get there at some point, you know, uh, when it hits streaming. But yeah, I, it's just mind blowing that before the merger of discovery and WB. This was a straight streaming thing. And I think I can see why they picked this over Batgirl to keep, because from what we heard, Batgirl was not very cinematic and didn't have as much action. This thing had lots of action. It looks cinematic and the effects are great. So I can totally see why they were like, we're keeping this. We're moving it to theaters. Yeah, I agree with that. I think this looked way better than i expected i was expecting it to kind of look a little sketchy with the cgi i was expecting plasticky bendy kind of looks i didn't get that i thought the cgi was no this looked better than the flash i mean uh, there's no complaints about the cg in this honestly Mm -hmm. this looked great what i'll say about this movie is i don't know if it's better than the flash in terms of like how i would rank these movies but i will say that my feelings towards blue beetle are not complicated at all and my feelings towards the flash are a little muddled and that's really a problem for me with the flash because i i had such high expectations here i had no expectations going into this it could have been whatever it was and i i you know i'd probably be okay with it to to leave the theater really enjoying it and then i went i saw with my mom and we were both really really about this movie we liked it a lot we had a good time she said it was really fun and it was you know it's a heartfelt movie and it it is a movie that really you know connects to the heartstrings i think that's fantastic and you know what i think it's a perfect example that the comic book movies that we're getting right now are delivering more than the ga is delivering butts and seats i think they're giving you more than we're even asking for and nobody's coming to get it so that's a whole nother conversation but my feelings about this movie are not complicated at all it was a solid movie i i think four out of five is very very fair yeah uh so the the plot here kind of starts with you know them in the frozen tundra and they apparently have located the scarab and then we kind of show the uh palmera city Jaime Reyes, uh, you know, introduction to the to the thing here where we find out a lot of information really quick here about how his father, Alberta, Alberto had had a heart attack. He's they're losing the family home and he also lost his shop. So apparently, you know, Victoria Court is buying up all of the uh, area around them here. So. Uh, I forget what they said. If they spe- specified what she was going to be building there, I think uh, George Lopez says a, a nuclear power plant, but I think he was joking on that. So I'm not sure what exactly they are 
going to be building here, but they're buying all the land in this uh, side of the river here. Yeah, Victoria Accord was such a downer in this movie. I didn't like her character much. I thought she was stale, one note, flat, very generic villain. Uh, that was really my biggest problem, you know, with the uh, with the other v- villain. You, her, basically, who was her henchman. You actually got some story there, but it yeah, was like right at the end of the movie. Carapax. Carapax. Um, right at the end of the movie, you get the, the depth behind that. If you had gotten that, um, bit about the memory with the golden medallion earlier in the movie, that would have been a lot better. The villain was a little bland in this. It was a movie where the heroes and the good guys carried all of the weight. Um, and the villains were there just to serve the, serve the plots, the purpose. That was it. And I thought they could have done a lot better with that. It was generic in that. But it was still fun. So it didn't ruin the movie for me. But if there was an area to improve, that was it. You know, I think I will disagree slightly on the villain that everyone is complaining about. I mean, maybe, yes, uh, Victoria Cord's not that thrilling of a character. I did like Carapax, and I did like the twist right like you're supposed to think that he he's holding like a photo locket of his probably like his wife and son right like it's probably what you're supposed to believe uh that's what i took from it until they flash back and show that victoria cord went and found this boy after he lost his mom and that she um you know kind of made him into a killer and he sacrificed his body parts for her at times. And, you know, all of that, right. Uh, I thought that was all really great, honestly. And to be honest, I don't need a villain to be like the star of the show either in the sense of like, I know people used to complain about what the first three phases of the MCU, like, Oh, they have a villain problem. They have a villain problem. And, to be honest, I never really felt any of those except for maybe Malekith in, in Dark World, right? Like, I felt like uh, that was always a little overstated at times in the MCU. And I think maybe, because this is like the biggest complaint I've seen is usually like this villain that I've been reading about. And I read that before I went in there. So I was kind of like ready to think like, oh, you know, so maybe it was part of expectations, right? So then when they actually give me this backstory for Carapex, I'm like, oh, okay, that actually is better than what I thought it was going to be. Because for, you know, for the first half of the movie, he's he's kind of plain. But also, I think that's fine. I, I do think it's fine to sometimes just have a plain villain that is evil, that is bad. Uh, look, I'm doing this podcast with my friend, I said before, right? And we're recording a few episodes before we release it, but where we're watching movies we haven't seen before. I've never seen the Goonies. So I watched that last night. Those villains are just straight up villains, right? Like there's no redeeming quality of that, but it works. It worked fine for the Goonies and the kids. So uh, that's a Richard Donner film, by the way. Uh, But yes, uh, that was, I I think sometimes people want to see, too much 
too similar. I might be bringing this up in a hot take that we do at some point, but part of that comes with the Dark Knight, right? Because everybody loved Joker so much and how much he stole the show, people are like, this is the type of villain we need going forward. And that's what people are judging like the MCU on. But then the MCU eventually gets Thanos and it's had Loki. And these are villains that do have you know, bigger purposes and more depth. And I don't think you really need that in Blue Beetle when he's starting out, right? So uh, for anybody that, I'm just saying generally, I'm not like saying anything to you, Chris. I'm just saying generally to everyone, like I I think sometimes we overstate how much we need a villain to be like motivation, you know, have motivation. I don't need every villain to be like hashtag deep, Right. Like some villains I'm fine <laughs> with being just evil. Right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily, I just, it almost seemed like it was easy set for Susan Sarandon. She's a really great actress and I wouldn't classify this as one of her uh, great performances, but I will tell you that this movie's strength is its positivity and its heart. And I think that it was a movie that was always going to be led by the good guys. And, you know, there needed to be a conflict. The only thing I will ask for in a, another installment of blue beetle, if we ever would get one is that the conflict isn't, Oh, someone wants to scare up for this exact reason. Other than that, you know, I, I I'm fine you know, moving forward because I like what I got. I thought this family was awesome. One of the things that's going to kill me is when you get Jaime Reyes and uh, Zolo, if I'm saying that right, uh, in the DCU, you might not get this awesome family. So it, it kills me because this family is fantastic. Yeah. But you know, I will say I walked out of this movie thinking I'm fine. If this is it, like while I, I do mm -hmm. like blue beetle and I like the movie, this movie didn't really leave any threads open enough for me that this can't just be a fun standalone that I revisit every so often. The fact that we even got a blue beetle film is, is absolutely nuts, right? <laughs> like it took us forever mm -hmm. to get a flash movie. And then two months later we get, <laughs> we get blue beetle who nobody ever suspected would have a movie. Uh, so that is, that is very fun, at least that we that we got to see this, right? Um, well, we just had a Flash movie that barely touched on Flash lore. There's no Wally mention. Jay Garrick was kind of kind of seen, um, but we got Dan Garrett mentioned. We got, <laughs> we got Blue Beetle. Lore. We got yes, we did. We got we got some Ted Cord stuff, and you know it's that that was awesome. I mean. I, I assume Ted Cord would tie into the some way, but when you get Dan Garrett mentions, it's like, yeah, that is awesome. It's respect for DC comics. And, and it suits there too. It was the one next to Ted's. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't have to be there. The movie would not, no one in the general audience would care if it wasn't there. Those are the kind of things. It doesn't hurt anybody. And it makes it so much better for a guy like you and me who really like DC comics. So that was really awesome. I was really happy that they did that the blue beetle or he's wearing his bff shirt uh for the people who are listening to the audio version uh you can watch this on youtube shameless plug but i i'll tell you uh, you know i he, this movie did more than it had to for 
DC Comics and Blue Beetle and it the people who made this were really having fun and it never took itself too seriously either. I mean, we had a scene where there was a uh, stomping blue beetle ship and like a little beetle ship. Well, it's fantastic. My heart was playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. I was like, yeah, kickstart my heart. Let's go. This is fan. This is absolutely amazing. It was, it was so fun. I was, it was heavy. That part but did it was feel a little light. out of place for me just because of, like all the rest of the music has been in Spanish so far. And then of course, just kickstart my heart is playing in English. It's a little interesting that they went. Motley crew breaks borders. I'm telling you, doesn't matter. Yeah, it definitely looks like a song that uh, his uncle would be playing, right? The George. Logan. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The taco Rudy, uh, as he's called in this. Blasted it in the taco. Yeah. Uh, you know, the family was great. Um, it was very interesting that they killed off his, his dad, actually. And mm-hmm. I guess I should have seen it coming. But it a purpose in the story. Yeah. I should have seen it coming when he had his heart. When they, You know, you see him taking his pills and stuff. But it, it served its purpose in the story. The scene with the candles uh, was really one. Like, it's kind of one of the complaints about this movie is it's generic and we've seen a lot of scenes like that where you're not ready to die we just saw it in guardians of the galaxy you see it in the matrix seen it in harry potter it's it's a trope it's a thing um but i thought it was done really well and i really liked the actor who played his father i thought he there was heart and that when the you know, grandma says hey look there's a time for, to cry but this is not it it kind of re- re- resets you as the audience saying, okay, now let's go do what we got to do um, and make this matter. So I thought that was great, but yeah, I hear you. I kind of like how they tied it into, you know, when he's um, when he's on the verge of death and he sees his dad and he says, now I know why I died pretty much was to be here at this moment, you know, to, to spur you on. I thought that was great. See, it kind of reminded me of like in Spider-Man, was it two when Ben and uh, Uncle Ben and, and Toby are, you know, talking in the car with the white background. And it's like kind of like this in between state almost uh, is kind of what it felt like. And kind of reminded me of of that. But um, I was kind of surprised that we got. Look, I didn't read a lot of stuff about this, so I had no clue we were getting like Ted's daughter, Jenny Cord, in this. Uh, I didn't really yeah. pay attention to anything like that. You know, I watched like the two trailers, and that was pretty much all that I, um, all that I pretty much watched. So I had no clue that we and and I, if I saw her in trailers, I don't remember them ever saying like Jenny Cord or that she's Ted's daughter maybe they did and i just forgot but uh, i thought that was really interesting because this is how we get a lot of information about ted yeah it was really interesting again it set up so much for later without forcing the issue it didn't put james gunn into any corners the only thing that i was like that there were two thoughts i had in the theater about that i was like when they showed the pic like the family portrait and like oh so now we kind of know what ted cord looks like it's like ah that's forcing that's kind of forcing some things. And then you heard his voice. It's like, nope, don't, don't cast, don't cast. Um, but, you know, we still had fun. It was great. And I, 
nothing is ruined going forward. It's fantastic that they included everything they did. Yeah, um, I was kind of thinking the same thing when I saw him. I was like, oh, so we know he has like a a goatee. (laughs) Yeah, like it's very specific. Like it's very specific. And, you know, goatee guys, we stick together. (laughs) But, you know, you know, you know, I'm bald, too. So, you know, I see a bald guy. I'm like, respect. But, you know. Yeah, I so you you'd be great with Lex, right? Um <laughs> Oh, I, I called my when I shaved my head, which I'm overly due for, um, I call it my Lex Luthor look. So I mean, yeah, like I mean I don't know if I'd get along with Lex Luthor, but I want to trust give him Lex Luthor. Person nod as you walk past. Yeah, exactly. That's all. <laughs> that's all he gets. I mean, it's just a simple courtesy. It's funny today because uh a guy, uh, I was working to receive it. A guy comes back and he's, he's like a, a merchandiser. And he goes, he goes, Hey man, my name is Chris. I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for Steve. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Chris's have to stick together. I'll help you find him. <laughs> you know, it was like, it's like, you got a good name, man. Yeah. yeah same thing. Anytime I see a Jordan, you're like, Oh yeah. Funny story. Not to get too out on a sidetrack. I had a, another kid in my class named Jordan Wiegand as well. Yeah, no he pronounced it different, and he spelled Jordan different. But I had a class with five Chris. I did not like that guy because I had a, uh, you know, he, we all went by. He Chris. didn't go by Jordan either. He went by his middle name, which has the same initial as my middle name. So it was really confusing. They what? sat us next to same each other. Initial. They sat us next to each other in alphabetical order. It was torture because you didn't know who was talking to who. But yeah. Your your dad should have gone out and got it a lotto ticket because the odds <laughs> of that happening, I like know. on that day, the odds the the day they found out the get a lotto ticket, the odds of it happening to find another Jordan weekend with the same initial. I mean, that that's that's some stuff that doesn't happen by accident. There's some evil uh, storyline we're we're not picking up on here. Yeah, I know it was, it was insane, uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that was one Jordan I didn't really stick together with. But uh, anyway, to get back to this movie, um, how how was your crowd? So mine wasn't super crowded, but the people behind me specifically were very like into it in the sense of like, and sometimes when they would like say something or make a point, you'd hear the woman behind me be like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, lady, like settle down. And then... uh, (laughs) She lost it at the Nana part with the gun. Um, well, I lost it with that. That was hilarious. Most of the theater did. Um, down with the Imperial. When she goes down with the Imperialists, and <laughs> she's like so proud of herself. I'm just like, and yeah. And they also lost it at the kiss at the end. You are the real uh, they, they loved that, too. They loved the, oh, the, uh, the surge of the midsection thing. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, so that, that was um, a... Uh, my crowd responded pretty well to it, actually. I was kind of wondering, um, like the first few minutes in, it, it was kind of really quiet and not laughing at some of the mm. jokes. But then as it went on, oh, another part that they really liked in the crowd was when he made the sword that we see in the trailer all the time. They were like, oh, that oh, sword was yeah, awesome. is how they were. Yeah. So we didn't really get any reactions. Uh, we got some laughs. 
I think there was only like six or eight people in the theater. Yeah, mine probably so, had like less than 20, probably like 15. Yeah, it wasn't a ton, and we were all kind of clumped in the same area, but we were spaced out. Like, I like the movies, like, they're pairs of seats, basically, so it's like everyone's kind of in the same area, but spaced out. It's kind of nice, but um, I, I mean, I wasn't really too aware of the crowd, and that always is appreciated. I thought, you know, I had, I had a pretty quiet crowd and like, but, uh, I, I think the laughs definitely hit. Uh, and I think Rudy, George Lopez's character, I think he got him and the grandmother got the big laughs. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the grandmother, I just wasn't ready for that. Like I wasn't ready for that. I, it is everything I wanted and didn't know I needed. It's fantastic. She wins grandmother MVP. You know, and I feel pretty safe that my grandmother's not going to listen to this. So we're safe, <laughs> but that's like an MVP grandmother. Like that's that's like pretty awesome. Like that's insane. She was off the hook. Yeah, uh, yeah, she was she was interesting uh, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> How many people did they go through for casting of her? Like it had to be just you have to right find for the that right to person. Work. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm trying to think of other parts that I really want to hit on this. Uh, so one thing I really liked, we kind of talked about how we see the uh other suits and and we get the whole like Ted cave, right? The Beetle Cave. Um, I kind of like how this immediately changes Rudy's opinion on Ted Cord, right? He's like, yeah. Oh, never mind. Your your dad was a great guy because, like, apparently, Rudy's a big Blue Beetle fan. Hey, hey, maybe this means Batman's not a fascist after no, all. That's all well, I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, I, I think in this, I think what people took out of context from that line was the writers and the movie characters stating he's a fascist as a fact. Well, I think that there's a certain faction of people on Twitter that are X or whatever that are, would always like to say that, oh, Bruce Wayne's a yeah. millionaire. He could just give money. Like, you know, the, that faction. It definitely, it definitely, they're going to eat it up. But um, no, my favorite line of the movie actually is it's like, I think it's something like, they're kind of like Batman's, Batman's tools, but like for someone with ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like that, that hit me personally. Like, it was just like, I was like, I love it. I just, I, I love it. It was such a good line. Yeah. Cause you had, uh, that, and you also had Rudy saying it's, he's like, um, he leaves out Batman, right? He says he's like Superman in Metropolis and, uh, flash the central city, Black but it's like not as good or something. Right. Yeah. Um, this is funny. <laughs> Which feels like about right for Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look, he's not like this huge hero in the DC universe, right? So I do think it's funny that I, I think it's fine that they kind of take shots at that. I'm not like concerned. Like some people would probably be like, uh, why do they have to like crap on Ted Cord? But So in my head canon, Ted Cord was in the time stream with Booster. That was my that was, that was my head cannon throughout this movie. Well, we I did, was like, I know we where did he is. Something at the end uh, that mm-hmm. you know, like a message from Ted. Um, in the in the first mid credit scene, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which, look, I, I know people, look, people get really weird about post credit scenes in the sense of, I saw people say like, well, why would they put these when we don't think we're getting another film? This, honestly, this mid credit scene is perfect in the sense of it sets up for a sequel if they ever have it. Otherwise, it gives you closure that Ted Cord is still alive and you can headcanon it that he he finds his daughter and everything's fine. Like, we, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't like... It, it allowed my headcanon of he's off a of booster. It's not a like, cliffhanger, it, it hurt right? Nothing. So like, I'm yep. fine. These are the type of post-credit scenes I'm fine with on a dead universe right now because if mm-hmm. they want to bring Ted Cord in the DCU, they can follow this as well. Or it's one of those things where it's like, all right, they, they found him afterwards, whatever. Let's move on. We don't have to like, it's not like one of those, like in Shazam Fury of the gods or the first Shazam, when they set up, you know, a a villain that we never see, right? Like this is, or like setting up Shazam going with a peacemaker's team or whatever, uh, or the, you know, wherever Shazam was going at the end of Fury of the gods, where we may never see that ever come to fruition. At least with this, it's like enough to just say, hey, Ted's alive. He's looking for his daughter. Well, we either see it or we don't, but we know that that happens, right? Like, that's all we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And then the last post credit scene was just a fun joke. Doesn't matter, right? So th- they did these post credit scenes fine. I was annoyed about that. I was annoyed about the post credit scene, the, the second one. It just didn't seem like it was worth waiting for. Like, I was like, come on, man, I got to pee. <laughs> it's it, it was funny, I guess. I thought it was fine. Like, it was it underwhelming? Yeah, but it's also like, I didn't want them to have like a stinger that's like teasing some like, uh, you know, like, like the villains from Graduation Day coming down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because mm. like, we, we, we don't know if we're getting that. So I'm fine with them just doing like a fun tease. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people are Although sitting around hot, waiting for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, hot take though. I'm I'm really against post credit scenes. I would love them to not be normal. Uh, put it in the movie. Uh, just put it in the movie. I've never been a big post credit scene guy. I know it's the thing. I expect it after every movie. I I credits roll and I Google is there a post credit scene? Fine. It is what it is. Put it in the movie. Put. Just put it in the movie. Those work better on TV shows, like with The Flash, where they would have that scene at the end that would set up the next episode, and you'd see that little evil soundbite from Wells. Like, yeah, cool. Works. In a movie, it's like, you like just put it in the story. I think they're fine. I like post-credit scenes. What I don't like recently is when they're teasing stuff 15 years down the line. <laughs> it's like, let's... Like, there's a lot of MCU post-credit scenes that we haven't had touched upon yet because, like, like Shang-Chi's, right? Because we haven't seen him since. So they made more sense when we had fewer projects. When you have a lot of projects, it's a lot of teases for stuff that's going to take a while to get to. So I'm fine with, like, like how many jokey people... ones more now because I'm like, right. I don't need a tease for what's coming next because I know next week is the next Disney Plus series or whatever, you know? So, like, I don't need a big yeah. tease. 
How many people are still like thinking about Doctor Strange's third eye popping out? In Probably more than you think. <laughs> that post credit oh, okay. was well, maybe it's a bad example, but I'm like, I feel like most people were just like, okay, oh yeah, that happened, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know. Now I think the, I'm trying to think of like a perfect example. The one I'm thinking of here. Uh, probably like something like shang chi where they're they were setting up his sister being the head of the 10 rings or whatever and she's supposed to they're supposed to do a show but now we know they're cutting back on all these things because disney you know because like wall street got terrified of streaming services so now they're cutting back and like well maybe we'll never get that now right so like I, i think it makes more sense when it's uh either a tease for the next movie or a joke because those, those will always last. Right. But when you're teasing for something that's, I guess this is what the big difference used to be. Right. Is Marvel would sometimes have post-credit scenes that would tease the next film, but now they're doing teasers for the, the next film of the characters you're watching. And that makes it seem like so much further. You know what I'm saying? Because like you used to be able to see like at the mm-hmm. end of Dark World, they take the ether, which is still related to Thor, right? But they give it to the collector to set up guardians, right? And that's cool. The guardians was like two movies away. It was like six months away. Now what I said, like I said, if you look at Shang-Chi, you're getting teases for the next Shang-Chi film, which we have no clue when that is. Um, so mm-hmm. I like it more when it was teasing something like six months away, a year away. Um, so that's why I'm glad in this one, like I, they wrote it in a way where it can tease a blue beetle too. If they're going to dive into the Ted stuff, if they do a sequel, they played it safe with a lot of things here. They played it safe. They were in their sandbox. They knew the rules. I think they knew their situation, but the people who made this movie loved what they were doing. It's so obvious. They loved what they were doing. Fantastic. This is why creatives and like people who make art are so important because like they are the ones who provide this entertainment. And I feel like they made a movie that they'd want to watch. And that, that means something to me. I think that's, that's important. I think sometimes movies are made just to be made. And I think this was a, this was a love project for the, I think they got the right people working on it. Yeah, I'm really I'm really interested to see you know, I, I was just looking at the cinema score this morning cuz I didn't see it until I guess it yeah, I guess it came out today or yesterday. Usually like late Friday. B+. By the way, that is 7 movies in a row for the DC universe that has had B+ or lower. Uh which started That's with good. Birds of Prey. Uh, B plus B plus Wonder Woman 84 B plus Suicide Squad though as an R rated film B pluses are good so you got to kind of it all depends on what you're looking at Black Adam B plus uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods B plus Flash B Blue Beetle B plus the last A was Shazam one that is mind-boggling to me and, and I'll tell you what I don't even I've come out of most of those movies and enjoyed them. 
So I, it's really a brand that's just broken right now. And it's also a rating system that's broken because B plus is like, guys, that's an F. <laughs> um, yeah, it is weird how they, and, and it, again, it all matters. Like if you look at B plus for the suicide squad, R rated movies usually are good at B pluses horror movies. It's okay to get a C like it is. It's like this weird. Because you're going to turn off yeah, some people yeah. with the R. You're going to turn off some people with all the hard R stuff. But it's not a four-quadrant right. film. But once it's a four-quadrant film, it's like... It's, it's be pretty much a. it. You want yep. A or A+. Plus. And it, it kills me, though, because A and B+, plus, to me, seems well, so Birds trivial. Well, Birds of Prey was rated R, too, right? So that's a B+. Plus. Yes. But Birds of, Play, uh, Birds of Prey had the stupidest marketing I've ever seen. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn was the dumbest title in the history of cinema. It was dumb. They should have actually just called it the Fantastic Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn and just included the Birds of Prey. Well, that was weird anyway, that they wanted to have a Birds of Prey movie with Harley Quinn as one of the members. With, that, that, no, because Harley Quinn isn't a Birds of Prey. I get it. But like... They knew they couldn't sell Without the birds Harley of prey, King. so yeah. they put Harley. Right, like it would have been like if they said, "You know what, Blue Beetle is not going to sell tickets, so let's put Aquaman in this movie for mm-hmm. no reason." You know? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Birds of Prey the movie, so I, I you're not a fan of Birds of Prey. No, I like that. Did not movie. care for it. I walked out of the movie is like, eh. I had a lot of fun with it. It was a fun theater experience. I thought it was a, I thought it was a blast. I thought it was funny. I thought Ewan McGregor was great in it. Uh, I, I th- my biggest regret was they killed off Black Black Mask. Little did I know that the DCU was getting killed off. Right, so it doesn't right. matter at that point. It's like whatever. <laughs> but I, I really liked the, I really liked that movie. The sandwich. I still thinking about that damn sandwich. Uh, I wasn't that big on eighty four. It's all right. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. It was okay. The Suicide Squad, that is my favorite of them all. It, it's really I like Black good. Adam, I like Shazam, and I like The Flash. So, I, I think I'm a sucker because I pretty much liked everything except for 84. 84 I, I like most with. of these better than the ones that got A's, uh, like Aquaman, and I like like I, I like them better than like Zack Snyder's Justice League, which doesn't have a thing on here. But yeah, because it doesn't yeah. have a yeah. But um, Zack Snyder's I like Justice it better League is than BBS, masterpiece. You know, like I, I like um, yeah. What did I have? I have my rankings here because I went by how I ranked them. So I have the Suicide okay. Squad, the Flash, uh huh, Shazam, yep, Black Adam, yep, Man of Steel. Uh, then I the, having Black Adam above Man. Then I have the Justice uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Wonder Woman, Blue Beetle. Then I have BVS, Fury of the Gods, Aquaman, Justice League, eighty four, Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad. So uh, Aquaman is such a comfort movie for me. I can just turn it on and have fun with it. Yeah, it, didn't really, it was all right um, <laughs> for me. What did I yeah, rate it? So, I rated it three stars. Well, so I would say Zack Snyder's Justice League and The Flash mm-hmm. are one and two. And then I would put, you know, I, I, I'm going to put 
The Suicide Squad at number three. I'll probably, you know, I might put, I might put Man of Steel at number four, Wonder Woman at five, and then I would probably put Blue Beetle or Shazam 1 at six. Assuming we're calling this DCEU. Um, yeah, yeah, because it, it is confusing, yeah, it, right? He, it really, the way that they did this is perfect because it can exist in any universe. It, you know, mm-hmm, like, exactly. We just know Superman and Batman already exist and the Flash already exists. This could carry over in the DCU just fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that, so that, that would be five and six Shazam and, and, uh, and Blue Beetle, and I find I I put um I I put a lot of Birds of Prey would probably go next. Aquaman, actually Aquaman, and then Birds of Prey. I find I put movies ahead of BBS because it's not as rewatchable as um all these other movies. I will say I've watched Zack Snyder's Justice League four times, so it's uh, it, I need to watch it again. So that doesn't really hinder that. That yeah, I need to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League like once every four months. I think that that's probably a good goal. I probably won't, but <laughs> like, I, it's a good movie. Um. Uh, any any other things about Blue Beetle specifically the movie? Uh, I feel like we're forgetting some stuff that happened in this uh, or. We talked about Jenny Cord. I I think including her with the hug with the family on the ship mm-hmm. was was cool. Um, I think she is a character that earns your trust throughout the movie. Like in the beginning, you're like, well, she stands up to Victoria, but like she's still a Cord, and you're kind of thinking of it in the perspective of the family. See, I was very, then, I was I, very on her side right away because I knew her being Ted Cord's daughter. There's no way she would be. What they say, a dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like I feel like, I feel like for me, as having background on Ted Cord and stuff, like I can see the sister going wrong, right? But like Victoria, but I couldn't see Ted Cord if he is Blue Beetle, uh, in this universe, which then we found out he was. To that he would raise. Well, his she had a lot of Ted Cord in her, yeah. She she obviously had a lot of Ted Cord in her, and that that was good. Um, that that was really cool. I thought I thought she was a character as like you warm up to as the audience to her character. I think you warm up with the family. That I think it was written well that way. But yeah, I actually really liked the built up of the relationship too. I, I thought that was good. Like that kiss felt good to have at the end because it felt built up to it it did not feel forced yeah it did not feel forced you know i think if they had just like that scene where he's changing clothes at ted's old house like like if they they did that like and they went through with it it wouldn't have been the same um i i liked how it progressed and you know they're they're very chemistry paired batch they they really really kind of look like a perfect couple Mm -hmm. they really do yeah they do and zolo man he is such a charismatic Mm -hmm. actor i could not get over how 
I love like the little things like, oh, they don't get yeah. out much. And, yeah. you know, he, like the the range that he showed eating a taco going, oh, I missed this too. I could have done something. I could have, I can get a job. I could, you know, it's just very, the little things he did fantastic. So I thought the acting was fantastic for the most part. And I thought the action was good. You know, I my one complaint is, it was a bit of formulaic and the bad guy was generic. Other than that, I, you know, I don't think it takes away from the movie though. Cause it's kind of, you know, built in. I liked uh, Harvey Guillen's character, Dr. Sanchez that, uh, you know, finally let, uh, let, uh, high me out. And, um, that murder was like surprisingly yeah. like bloody. Like it was, it reminded me a little bit of Otis's ear on Superman and Lois, where it's just like out of nowhere. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. He voices oh. Nightwing and Harley yeah. Quinn, by the way. Uh, but also he is, oh, awesome. uh, if anybody's watched what we do in the shadows, he's Guillermo, uh, who is, uh, in that show. And that show's great. But so it was nice to see him pop up here. Nice. No, I think we covered it pretty much. It just, it's a fun movie. Go see it. It's a fun movie. Go see it. Like, get your butt in the seats. Go see it. You're not... Like, dude, I gotta be honest with you. I've been at AC for, like, what's about a month at this point. I have a window unit in my room, but, like, it was a perfect day to go to the movie theater the other day. It was, like, it's so perfect. It was, like, it was such a nice escape from reality. It was, you know, it was a nice, cool day in the theater, you know, I got some popcorn. It's a good time. Go see the movie. I feel like people are like, oh, I don't like to go to the movies. I like to watch it at home now. I'm like, go see the movie. You'll enjoy it. You'll have fun. Go have fun. Yeah, it's got, uh, it's making $25 million this weekend, um, which, you know, isn't great, but it looks like it will win the box office because Barbie is going to have $20 mil, Um And Strays, the, the raunchy dog movie is gonna come in at eight million uh so yeah who saw dogs and said let's get raunchy yeah, with it like it's i don't know it's like someone got high watching family guy <laughs> and it's like we should have a brian movie yeah so we'll see how uh how the movie fares we'll probably do updates as we see how much money it makes and stuff but you know because mm. while like you said it's it's not really important, but it for me it's important in the sense of while I'm not like gonna judge movies off of it, it's important to me of like I want them to be able to continue making movies, right? I want them to keep making movies mm-hmm. like this. Um, and it's important for the brand. It's important for the brand that it's quality. Like for example, Mission Impossible was critically acclaimed, but didn't really do well in the box office. I don't even think it broke even, but it doesn't matter because it was critically acclaimed and it did not hurt the brand. DC just needs to help their brand. They need to make movies that people are like, hey, you know, that was pretty good. And you do that, you make, say say this goes down as a quality film, whether it's a success or not. People are like, well, it's quality. It's good. And you keep doing that, eventually that box office turns around. You have to turn around the brand. The brand is broken to the GA. If you say, it, I just had a conversation at work where I was telling someone about this podcast, and they're like, DC, uh, I'm more of a Marvel guy. I'm so tired of hearing <laughs> that sentence. I'm so tired of hearing that sentence. I'm like, 
yeah, I'm more of a DC guy, but like I watch all the Marvel stuff. Like, like it's just, it's like, so tired of hearing that sentence, but DC's broken. The general audience doesn't care. You know, I told my, I was trying to tell my brother, he's like, well, what's Blue Beetle like? And I was like, well, it's got kind of, he kind of looks like Iron Man. It's kind of like, um, it's a little Venom Spider-Man like it's, um, but he's, he's a hero. Um, I, I'd say he's very comparable to Miles in the sense of part mm-hmm. part of it with like focusing on his family too, but also just the fact that he's taking up the mantle of another uh, of another hero, and his is a little bit of a different spin, right? Like this time he has the scarab. Uh-huh. Ted Cord didn't have the scarab. Miles has different powers compared to Peter. You know what I'm saying? Like I think there's, you know, they're both kind of like in that high school college age, like I, I feel like they're both very mm-hmm. comparable. So I sent him some screenshots of blue beetle and he's like, Oh, it's blue iron man. Okay. Whatever. And it's just, it's that mindset, like a Marvel, like, like it's just, you will not buy it. Like people will not buy into DC no matter what right now. And it, it just, it stinks, but people don't care. They do not care. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the big obstacle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't care about Superman. That's the problem. With Superman legacy is everything. And I don't think the general audience gives a damn about Superman. Well, I think it'll I change. Think I do. I think... Um... I think Rachel Brosnahan's going to get some butts and seats. No. Uh, no. I, I think she's, she's not going to be the reason. Uh, it's going to... No, she's not that big of a star. She's not that she's big. Not of a star. No, but people really like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and she's been successful in everything she's done. Um, you need more star power, though. You need a. I'm telling you, you, you almost need a villain that's a top name in in the in the thing. Maybe box it's office. Nobody cares. Are, look, you had Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible didn't do that great. Like, it, fair enough. The, the stars are not the draw anymore, really. I, 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 the, I just, I don't think people care. And Superman Legacy is everything, and we got to find a way to get people in seats. And we have to twenty twenty five to figure out how to get them. Another way you do it is by saying, another way is by saying the guy who get, brought you Guardians one, two, and three is bringing you Superman Legacy. Yeah, that helps. But it scares me though because I feel like we can get in our bubble like we did with the Flash, where we thought the Flash was gonna do something and it did but the flash wasn't great like th- that's the thing like to the general audience that watched it i i think anybody that says the flash is not popular enough for a movie is wrong i think the reason the flash did poorly is the word of mouth sucked right so like if as long as james gunn makes a really good movie it should be fine. People showed up for Guardians 1 but i thought the flash was a good movie so i was like really confused I can see what people didn't like about it, though. Um, So, in my opinion, like, it wasn't like one of those that I could objectively look at and be like, it's really great. Why isn't it not clicking? It was like, I liked it, but I see why it didn't catch, (laughs) why it didn't catch on. And that's the big thing, uh, I think. And, And I think if, I think James Gunn at least knows what he's doing with Superman. And I think he'll make it accessible. And I think mm-hmm. he'll make a great movie. And if you get that critical response and people show out, 
uh, and start spreading that word of mouth, I think it'll be fine. But if we show if it if we show up and it's the quality of the Flash or Birds of Prey or uh, any of these recent B pluses, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to make any money. So the reason I was happy with Blue Beetle was I thought quality wise it was it was a step in the right direction. It was a good solid time in the movie theater. It was a good movie. I don't think it was an amazing movie, but it was a good movie. I anyone who says this is trash, just get off the internet for a little bit, dude. Seriously, just get off the internet for a bit. Yeah, it'll help. You. Um. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, if you want to reach us at Elseworlds yeah. DC fan, you can send us any feedback there on X, Twitter, or whatever it's called. And you know, I just yeah, keep on at Twitter. I think it, like I think the more you would call it Twitter, the more it annoys Sounds Elon great. Musk, and that's always positive. Gmail Elseworlds DC fan at gmail.com if you want to send us emails. Uh, next week, we'll be sharing my latest uh, Arrowverse update, first viewing, which will be The Flash through Season 7. So we're going to highlight that. Uh, so make sure you uh, catch us next week, and uh, we'll talk The Flash Season 7.